For the director of music of the sons of Korah, a psalm. Hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all who live in the world, both low and high, rich and poor alike. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The utterance from my heart will give understanding. I will turn my ear to a proverb. With the harp, I will expound my riddle. Why should I fear when evil days come, when wicked deceivers surround me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast of their great riches. No man can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for him. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough that he should live on forever and not see decay. For all can see that wise men die, the foolish and the senseless alike perish and leave their wealth for others. Their tombs will remain their houses forever, their dwellings for endless generations, though they had lands named after themselves. But man, despite his riches, does not endure. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the fate of those who trust in themselves and of their followers who approve their sayings. Selah. Like sheep, they are destined for the grave, and death will feed on them. The upright will rule over them in the morning. Their forms will decay in the grave, far from their princely mansions. But God will redeem my life from the grave. He will surely take me to himself. Selah. Do not be overawed when a man grows rich, when the splendor of his house increases, for he will take nothing with him when he dies. His splendor will not descend with him. Though while he lived he counted himself blessed, and men praise you when you prosper, he will join the generation of his fathers, who will never see the light of life. A man who has riches without understanding is like the beasts that perish. This is the word of the Lord. See, uh, let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, help us uh, to find our rest in the Lord Jesus uh, this year. Father, thank you for a chance to uh, open up the Psalms over the next few weeks, and uh, we pray that you would continue to speak to us, Lord. Uh, help us to uh, see the wisdom that you have here for us. Help us to live our everyday lives uh, for your glory. Uh, please be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the, the new year is upon us, and for some of us it's a time for resolutions, uh, a time to reflect on the past year and make plans for the year ahead. Set a few goals maybe, and it can be quite a, a good way to start the year, or so I'm told. Uh, but often... When we hear about New Year's resolutions, they're about making a mark in this life, making progress in life. Uh, you don't hear many resolutions that look beyond this life. But for Christians, we know that this life isn't the end. And, we, and so when we think on uh, the year ahead, 
We do it knowing that we're not simply setting ourselves up for the here and now. And so this morning, as we begin a new year, I thought it might be good for us to look at a wisdom psalm. Uh, When the Bible speaks about wisdom, it often shows where our choices will lead. If you go this way, things might turn out like this. If you go that way, they'll probably turn out like this. Uh, And there's often this contrast between the righteous and the wicked, those who willingly live under God and those who choose to go their own way. The wisdom psalms is uh, the wisdom psalms is to call us uh, to be like the sorry the wisdom that the psalms call us to is to be like the righteous person and follow God because it's the best thing that we can do. Ultimately, they point us to Jesus. They help us see that we can't be wise on our own, and that's a good thing uh, for us to remember at this time of year. And we see God's wisdom most clearly in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's what Colossians 2 tells us. Now Psalm 49 focuses on two things, wealth and death. And Psalm 49, it's it's kind of structured like a sermon in a lot of ways. It begins with a punchy introduction, uh, arguably something that was missing this morning, Uh, And then there's a big question which is raised. And then, like every good sermon, there are roughly three points which answer the question. And the psalmist finishes the sermon with some practical application. Uh, If only every sermon was that short. Uh, So let's, let's take a look at this psalm. Firstly, the introduction, and it's quite a bold introduction. The psalmist calls out to everyone. Listen to me, I've got something to say, something that's worth hearing, which is a very confident way to start. And it's a message for everyone, low and high, rich and poor. And in this introduction, the psalmist mentions four words in particular, wisdom, understanding, proverb, and riddle. And all of those words kind of tie together, and they sum up the journey of life pretty well. So you need wisdom and understanding to be able to make sense of life because life is like a a big proverb or a big riddle. Not everything makes sense to us. Not everything is black and white. We see truly evil people in the world prospering. We see the godliest of people struggling to get by. Life doesn't always make sense. And so that's the intro that the the psalmist leaves us with. Uh, And the introduction sets up, and and then after the introduction, he sets up the psalm with this question. It's a personal question that the psalmist has been wrestling with, uh, and we see it there in verse 5. Why should I fear when evil days come, when wicked deceivers surround me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of their great riches? Now, in some ways, the psalmist is in a completely different world to us. Biblical times were, were so different. The threat of enemies closing in on you, Wealth brings power, and and to get wealth, a lot of nations took advantage of the weak and the poor, and they are a threat to people like the psalmist. Now, obviously, society has changed a lot since biblical times, and for us in the West, as a nation, we don't feel the threat of other nations kind of breathing down our necks in the same way. But the pursuit of wealth and power exists, no matter where in the world you live. People continue to look for ways to get ahead of others. Now let me be clear, 
uh, money itself isn't the issue in this psalm. It's money that gives us clothing. It's money that keeps us well fed. It gives us shelter. It allows us access to, to medicine. But the problem with money is that it can be taken away just as easily as it's gained. It can provide us with many things, but it guarantees us absolutely nothing in life. Dorothy Hamill, MC Hammer, and Larry King, uh, they're all millionaires who had great, great wealth, but ended up losing it all at different points. It's hard to imagine how you could uh, spend more than you earn as a multi-millionaire, but it's a, it's a common story. Fortunes disappearing overnight. Now, if you think that pursuing wealth is an important part of life, the psalmist has something to say about that. Falling into that trap is only going to lead to disappointment. Now, the psalmist has has raised the question, and then he goes about answering it with these three points. His first point is that money can't buy life. In life, some people would, would give anything for someone who's close to them. In some cases, money's no obstacle. Uh, According to the Guinness World Records, the largest ransom ever paid for an individual was $1.5 billion uh, for the last emperor of the Incas in the 16th century. $1.5 billion. Uh, Imagine being worth that much to someone. Uh, The truth is, a person's wealth or possessions are of little value in God's eyes. No matter how much wealth you accumulate, it's never enough to avoid death. It will never allow you to live forever, despite all the movies uh, made that that say otherwise. And we see that uh, with even the richest people in the world. They can earn all the money, but in time, they all wilt away. Money can't buy life. And that leads to the, the second point of the sermon from verses 10 to 14. It's here we see that death is the great leveler. You might be rich, uh, and there are wise people who have wealth, and there are fools who end up with wealth. But everyone will perish, and all their wealth will be left to someone else. And I think that's one of the most ironic parts of this psalm, uh, which comes in, in verse 11. Because despite their excess wealth, the mansions, all the land they own, they end up in the grave like everyone else, and they'll remain there. There might be buildings or cities or even countries named after them, but they'll still end up in the same place. Now, we're in the suburb of Shirley. Uh, If you're here in the room, put your hand up if you know why the suburb is called Shirley. Carol, do you want to share? It was named after the mother who of the man who built the Shirley Methodist Church. Correct, yes. Her name was Susanna uh, Buxton, and uh, her maiden name was Shirley. And so, as Carol said, after, after the church was built, the suburb was named after her. Now, you might have something named after you in life, but it won't matter when you're six feet under. Death puts us all on the same level. And death doesn't just, doesn't just level us with one another. It puts us on par with the beasts, as it says in verse 12. When I think of a beast, I think of an animal that kind of goes around devouring other animals. Uh, And perhaps that's the imagery that the psalmist is giving us. They might be more powerful than the other animals, but ultimately they too will perish. It's inevitable. 
Then in verse 14, the psalmist compares those who, who trust in wealth to sheep. Now, in the Bible, sheep can be seen as positive or negative. Uh, it, it all depends on who they're following. Here, the sheep are following death to the grave. They make this life everything, forgetting about the life to come. Death will feed on them because that's their lot. It's where their choices will lead. So, so that's the second point. Death is the great leveller. But it's the third point in the sermon that's the most important. Only God can redeem from the grave. Only God can redeem from the grave. Uh, this really is the high point of the psalmist's sermon. Verse 15 is one of the great verses of hope in the Old Testament. But God will redeem my life from the grave. He will surely take me to himself. There are very few things that we can be absolutely certain of in, in life at the moment. We, can, we can't be certain about our jobs, about whether or not there will be a, another lockdown, about our health or about our income. Uh, but amid the uncertainties of life and death, God gives us certainty. He will redeem us. The grave is not the end for his people. He will take us to be with him. That's the hope that the psalmist has. That's his answer to his question. He has no reason to fear days of evil or wicked deceivers. It's not wealth that redeems, but God. Uh, and we know that eventually God did redeem. He redeemed his people through the precious blood of his son. Wealthy people might oppose God. They might oppose us for following God. They might use their wealth and influence against us, but they can't touch the hope that we have. For the one who trusts in God, there is redemption from the grave. This life is, is just the beginning. That's the thing for God's people to remember. Uh, notice halfway through verse 14, it's the upright who God will raise up. Not those trusting in wealth, but those who trust in him. So the psalmist has, has made his three points. Money can't buy life, death is the great leveller, and only God can redeem. He's answered his question, there's, there's no need for him to fear. And having made this point, the psalmist then applies it in, in verse 16. Don't be overawed when, when someone else's wealth grows, when they buy their second house but you're still stuck renting, when you hear about the amazing holidays that others have had, the new car, the boat. There's nothing wrong with those things, but if we start to feel jealousy in our hearts or, or even feel as if we need to work out ways to get something similar or, or something better, then maybe there's a problem. See, it's not just the rich who can trust in wealth. It's very easy to trust in wealth when you don't have it, to think that getting wealth will solve all your problems and to pursue it. That's also trusting in wealth. Uh, as parents, there's a risk of, of trusting in wealth by default. We tell our kids, study hard, go to uni, get a respectable job, get on the property ladder, invest your money, good things to do, and things that can get your uh, kids set up for life. But what life are you setting them up for? Is it just this life? Uh, or are you thinking about the life to come as well? We see others 
wealth grow and sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that we also need to pursue the same things. Don't let others' wealth determine how you live. Uh, and the application of the, the psalmist in verse 18 is, uh, serves as a bit of a caution. You may well consider yourself to be blessed in this life. People may praise you when things are going well. We, we all love to praise successful people, don't we? We all gravitate towards them. But just because people praise you doesn't mean you're on the right track. Positive affirmation in this world isn't always a good thing. Uh, and that's the difficulty with wealth. It has lots of benefits. It certainly makes some aspects of life easier. But like many good things in life, it's, it's only a worthy servant. Wealth can certainly aid in the work of the gospel, but wealth is a terrible master. If getting wealthy becomes the be-all and end-all, then there's a problem. And I take it that's why so much of the psalm is spent warning against trusting in wealth. I wonder how you view wealth, whether or not you have material wealth in this life. Is it something that you long for? Something that you need? Something that you value more than you should? Something that makes you anxious when you don't have it or, or when you see others have it? Something that's more important to you than God himself? Don't fall into this trap of pursuing wealth and, and missing out on the life to come. There is no hope in the grave, no comfort, only condemnation. Now the psalmist uh, finishes the sermon with a, familiar, a, familiar, a similar refrain from earlier. Uh, a man who has riches without understanding is like the beasts that perish. So that's, that's the psalm. Now for the original readers, I think the psalm would have given them confidence uh, in God, even in the face of the, th- the threats of the wealthy people that they faced. But what is it that we can take from it in our context? Uh, if you think back to the big question of the psalm in verse 5, uh, why should I fear? I've mentioned that the wealth and prosperity of others sometimes causes us to fear, to fear that we're missing out, to fear that we'll fall behind if we don't pursue the same things in life with that same kind of single-minded focus. In 2022, uh, rather than pursuing things that aren't going to help us beyond this life, why not pursue something that will? Why not prepare for the life to come? Pursue God. Don't overestimate the value of material wealth in this life because it's not as valuable as we think. The most valuable thing we could ever gain in this life is knowing our God. Uh, When we know him, we know how much we mean to him. Uh, The Guinness World Record of uh, $1.5 billion for a ransom isn't isn't the greatest ransom ever paid. The greatest ransom ever paid was when the Son of God gave his life for our sin, for us. That's how valuable you and I are to God. Treasure that relationship. Invest in that relationship this year. See, there are many things we we could give ourselves to in the year ahead. Let's not neglect the one thing that will outlast the grave. Don't just store up wealth in this life. Store up treasures in heaven. A man who has riches without understanding is like the beast who perishes. Uh, two examples for you. Uh, first, there's a, there's a couple who supported Lily and I uh, financially as we went through Bible college. 
They were quite a, a wise couple. They owned a, a number of properties and they were certainly wealthy. Uh, but I think they also had the understanding that this psalm speaks of because they used their wealth to invest in the life to come. Uh, we know of numerous people who they helped through Bible college because they were keen to see God's kingdom grow. A great example of what it looks like to have wealth uh, and yet not trust in that wealth, to invest it in the life to come. Secondly, uh, a man who is by no means wealthy, but who invests his time into things of eternal significance. His relationship with God, uh, other people's relationships with God, he seems to have a, a deep understanding that wealth isn't everything. Uh, he often gives up his time to serve others. He treats people the same, regardless of their wealth, helping others with gift, the gifts that God has given him. He doesn't overestimate wealth in this life. Two examples of, of living for the life to come. Uh, there's just one final thing I want to point out uh, from the psalm as we close. And that is the way the psalmist engages with the truth of God's word. Notice that throughout, throughout the psalm, he's convincing us of why he doesn't need to fear. Uh, and he's actually strengthening his own faith as he does, reminding himself of what is true about God. Perhaps that's something we can resolve to do in the year ahead. Spend more time engaging with the truth of God's word, wrestling with it for ourselves. Uh, so that we'll be encouraged, but also so that we'll be able to encourage others uh, with it as well. Uh, let's pray. But God will redeem my life from the grave. He will surely take me to himself. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the certainty of this truth. May it cause us to trust you more and more, to see the folly of trusting in wealth, which won't help us uh, in eternity. Thank you for the ransom of your Son, for redeeming us through him. Uh, thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.